Are you that person who leaps at the opportunity to take a free class or scour YouTube looking for instructional videos for obscure topics? When you find that interesting new skill, do you deep dive, binge watch every video, listen to every podcast, and check out every book you can find in the library? Have you ever felt regret for dropping a pursuit of learning that you explored in high school but now would love to try again but you don't know where to start or how to resume? Have you ever marveled at a person's ability to shoot a free throw, knit a sweater, or restore an antique chair? If so, then this is the podcast for you. I am Paul, the polymath. This is CAST, Knowledge, Acquirements, Skill, Theory of Learning. Welcome all skill collectors, knowledge adventurers, trivia ninjas, dabblers, and masters of the domain. This podcast is for those rare people who are not just curious about how things are made, but want to make them themselves. The person who can passively converse on any topic and who love memory games, metacognition, and the occasional single event learning experience. In this episode, I want to talk about metacognition. For those of you who are unfamiliar with metacognition, it is literally defined as thinking about thinking. Our mind is a powerful tool, and learning how to learn is a significant part of being a polymath. From the simple to the complex, our minds work better when we have an understanding of the latest science to help us make a plan for improving an existing skill or learning a new one in the most efficient way possible. Let me begin by recommending a free download from the National Academy of Sciences entitled How People Learn, Brain, Mind, Experience School, published in 2000 as an expanded edition. This is a 300-page read, but the text is dense and packed with references and research data, so I will do my best to give you just some little nuggets here and there in this podcast. By the way, this document is free, no paywall, just a PDF. Go ahead and go download it and take a read. Technology developed after this book was written could be detrimental to the development of skills and expertise. I routinely share with my colleagues and students that if only I had access to all of the free, high-quality, reliable information that is available today, I might have even been better. But according to a 2008 article by Nicholas Carr in The Atlantic entitled, Is Google Making Us Stupid?, he contended that the easy access to vast amounts of text caused learners to superficially scan and to copy without deep reading or holding on to text in memory. This inhibition to deep reading and text analysis actually slows learning by creating distracted minds. Although many refutations have been made about this article in particular, newer platforms such as Facebook and TikTok have also similar criticisms leveled against them, which we will dive deeper into in a future episode. The strategy to break this distracted mind is to become aware of one's own internal dialogue and to train that dialogue to help us analyze and self-coach. In a way, our metacognition allows us to predict potential difficulties in the learning process and develop strategies to overcome these potential pitfalls. Another finding expressed in this book is that individuals cannot be assumed to have internal dialogue, but instead need to be trained on how to essentially master their minds to harness the power of their internal dialogue. This internal dialogue can be learned through guided and self-directed techniques. Some of these self-directed techniques include noting failures. Being aware that you lack competence and knowledge or skill always allows you to target your weaknesses. Utilizing this technique requires a growth mindset. Self-explanation. 
This is where you talk yourself step-by-step step through a process that is new. It is very effective and powerful in acquiring new skills. Making predictions. This is a test and retest situation. Be ready to fail, and when you succeed, note the methodology which yielded the accurate predictive results. The more complex the task, the more willing you need to be in failing. Throwing darts underwater. In an experiment conducted in 1908 by Charles Judd, an educational psychologist who early on designed a curriculum based on research, Dr. Judd had two groups of children throw darts at an underwater target. The target was placed on the bottom of a pool, 12 inches underwater, and the children were directed to throw darts at the target while standing in the dry air on the shore. The catch is that one group of children received instruction on the refraction of light moving from water to air, and the other group did not. In the beginning, both groups did equally well at adapting to the challenge. The difference showed up in the first group when researchers changed the depth of the target from 12 inches to only 4 inches. The first group had a huge advantage at this point because they were able to understand the refraction as part of the solution to the problem and then apply that knowledge coupled with experience to the new task. Utilizing self-awareness and internal dialogue, the learner is able to anticipate missteps and predict outcomes to more quickly adapt. While inquiry and reflection help to save time and reduce anxiety when acquiring new skills, these internal dialogue strategies, when practiced, can become an effective tool for every level of polymathematic pursuits. What are some reflection exercises that you can do to improve your metacognitive dialogue? Start journaling. Start a journal where you take notes and reflect on any new skill or body of knowledge. Be aware of your errors and investigate what led to their occurrence. Outcomes beget opportunities for growth and improvement. Try explaining a skill to yourself. Try this with a skill that you already have expertise in. Try to reteach that skill to yourself through internal dialogue. You might find that your skill improves and that your explanatory power grows along with it. Try to find a student to teach a skill to. Teaching a skill will quickly expose your shortcomings in skill and knowledge. Use this to start another internal dialogue where you attempt to make strategies to predict outcomes. Try to grow past these shortcomings. Find a false assumption or an invalid belief that you hold and correct it. Analysis of accepted paradigms and beliefs can expose opportunities for change and improvement through internal dialogue. Try to accept as many true things and reject as many false things as possible. People fail to recognize their own incompetence. In a paper entitled, Why Do People Fail to Recognize Their Own Incompetence? David Dunning, Kerry Johnson, Joyce Erlinger, and Justin Kruger write about how people suffer from an inaccurate estimation of their own outcomes on tests and subjects that they had previous knowledge and experience with. Subjects were tested on topics from college debate to firearms for the upcoming hunting season. Quite a diverse number of topics were chosen, and in short, one pattern kept showing up. People were unable to accurately predict the outcome of the test after they took it. They overestimated their knowledge and accomplishments on the test. Wherein top performers in these topics underestimated their performance relative to their peers. Quote, People fail to recognize their own incompetence because that incompetence carries with it a double curse. In many intellectual and social domains, the skills needed to produce correct responses are virtually identical to those needed to evaluate accuracy of one's responses. The skills needed to produce logically sound arguments, for instance, are the same skills that are necessary to recognize when a logically sound argument has been made. 
Thus, if people lack the skills to produce correct answers, they are also cursed with the inability to know when their answers or anyone else's are right or wrong. They cannot recognize their responses as mistaken or in other people's responses as superior to their own. In short, incompetence means that people cannot successfully complete the task of metacognition, which among many meanings refers to the ability to evaluate responses as correct or incorrect. This insight into how our brains work burdens us with the understanding that we will naturally overestimate our knowledge and skill. It reminds us that our brains are amazing and adaptive, but pitfalls and flaws require vigilance throughout our learning journeys. Check on learning. In pursuit of our curiosity, stop to evaluate where you are in an objective way. Flashcards. I have found that creating flashcards with deep learning factoids helps us to ensure that we are digging for advanced knowledge. I have found that creating flashcards with deep learning factoids helps to ensure that you are digging for advanced knowledge. Post-learning decline, what we used to call in school the data dump, where our access to learned information or skills atrophy can be subdued by the random review of flashcards. Connective questions. Ask questions that push at the assumptions of new knowledge as well as at the edges of new learning. An example of questioning at the core is investigating and fact-checking information sources. Meanwhile, an example of questioning at the edges means asking how the new skill might be used along with the skill you already have explored. Learn the vocabulary. Every body of knowledge, hobby, trade includes a rich palette of unique vocabulary, acronyms, and idioms. Make your best attempt at learning these new words by breaking them into sets of five or ten and utilizing newly learned words or phrases in your everyday life. Hang out with an expert. Find an expert in your new field of study and listen. Don't try to impress. You won't. Instead, ask questions or ask advice. Inquire. Of course, these ideas will help you mitigate some of the Dunning-Kruger effect that we all suffer from, but there is no cure. Stay vigilant. Finally, make learning a habit. Practice metacognition regularly and try to apply it to all of your learning experiences, both formal and informal. Keep track of your progress, reflect on what works and doesn't, and continue to adjust and refine your strategies. And remember, metacognition is not a one-time event, it's a lifelong journey. So embrace it and enjoy the journey as you become more aware, efficient, and effective learners. That's today's episode of CAST. I hope you found it informative and inspiring. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in next week. We'll dive into a new topic that will help you acquire knowledge, skills, and approaches to acquiring a new way to grow. Thanks for listening, and until next time, try to become a polymath. If you would like to share your struggles and triumphs with metacognition, or you have a cautionary tale of your own Dunning-Kruger, please email me with your story at paulthepolymath at gmail.com. Please use the word metacognition in the subject line, and I might ask you to join me for a follow-up interview on my show.